0: Thirty-six percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus.
2: Hello, Shelly, and uh, hello, uh, dear listener. Welcome to another episode of Everyone is Hot, uh, the podcast that talks about your favorite stealth sex symbols and their film that turned you on to them.
1: Mmm, ah, isn't, isn't, nice? <laughs> isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Well, we have a very cool guest this week. Very excited about it. We have film programmer, critic, And my personal favorite art film meme maker, Eric Allen Hatch. Hey,
3: everybody.
2: Oh, kids. The
1: children love him. The children love him.
2: He's giving you memes, (laughs) y'all.
1: The best memes. All the Uncle Boon Me memes you could wish for. And Paul Blart Mall Cop. It's great stuff. Uh, So, Eric, we're very excited to have you on. Could you tell us? who your crush is this week and what movie we're going to be talking about uh
3: the crush is Claudette Colbert and uh the movie is the Palm Beach story by Preston Sturgis
1: I love it yeah we're getting we're stretching the definition of a stealth sex symbol a little bit with this one because she is objectively incredibly beautiful But, you know, we don't have so many actors from the 40s featured on this show. So we're excited to to expand a little bit and get into the classics. I
2: know that I was not talking about her before I watched uh, this movie. Oh,
1: stop lying, Michael. You're always talking about Claudette Colbert. (laughs) No, I'm not.
2: And honestly, uh, if I was talking... That's that's my home things. Um, If I talked about anyone, I mean, it would be Mary Astor. But that's neither here nor there. Um so I'll put a in Prior
3: prior to seeing this or uh, a- after the viewing experience you're like about Mary Astor?
2: As I was as I was watching it, I was yeah, like okay. I was, I, I, yeah. I lost my mind. Um Yeah, but, we realized
1: we were both Team Mary. We're we're big fans. <laughs> <laughs> so you know we appreciate. You've got some excellent taste in movies and in oh, for sure tough broads. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, before we really get into the movie, um, I think we have someone else who's planning to come by. Um, we do. Have you have you heard anything from from them?
2: Oh uh, yeah, that was actually what that little sound was. That was a little oh. uh, little notification mm. that uh, we have that Derek is going to be on his way.
1: Um, oh, and we should tell Eric that Derek is, uh, is a friend of ours. And, you know, we, we refer to him as Derek, um, but, you know, some other people would uh, call him um, by his more formal title, which is...
3: They call me
2: Okay, hold on. Oh. oh no. Shelly, Shelly, Oh god, we can't afford we can't afford the royalties. We can't, we <sighs> have to pay him uh so
1: I had such a good streak where I only played it one time. Uh man.
2: I'm yeah, I mean, disappointed in myself. It's I'm it's fine. I'm worried about
1: my bank balance
2: it's mm-hmm. it's fine it's just like we can't with inflation and everything going on like you so know Derek true. has definitely upped the price of of royalties for us using that <laughs> song so that's like that's three thousand dollars right there
1: and honestly at this point I mean listen Eric this guy has flaked on us more times than I can count like actually I don't know that he's ever actually showed up so you think <laughs> that he could like cut us a little break yeah with these royalties
3: well, yeah, yeah, so yeah, especially with all the money you got flowing his way, this is pretty inconsiderate. Yeah,
1: I mean, exactly. come on, now this guy, this guy's, but I know I called him a friend, but he's honestly like a bit of an asshole. Like, I
3: wouldn't,
2: I mean, come on.
1: Uh, Michael has a lot more sympathy for Derek, but I consider him more of um like a frenemy, you know?
2: Yeah,
1: he's he's made our our lives difficult, but did he say anything? Did he say? Is he coming? When no. he's coming?
2: No. Nothing. um Yeah, I'm just going on pure trust. You've got pure mail, trust, baby. You've got Uh-oh. mail. Damn you, it. Got mail. Ugh.
1: you just got a bunch of emails. It sounds like yeah,
2: yeah a bunch of AOL emails. Let me just go in, clickety clack. Yeah. Password. My mom's favorite movie: Cocoon, 1980. <laughs> All right. I'm in my email, great, and now I will read it
1: uh, okay.
2: Hello, hello, my beautiful podcast, darlings. Ah, uh, I was mm-hmm. keen to join you this week, but I found that my time in London has made me slightly depressed. It's oh, simply too wet, consequently, I am on a flight to sunny Florida. I'm so sorry to miss you yet again, but I'll send you pictures from Margaritaville. Please enjoy this tasty Floridian delight from my friends at Epicurious.com.
1: Well, no wonder he's not giving us a fucking break on the royalties. He's spending so much fucking money traveling all over the place. He's
2: louise. He's hanging out with his friends at Epicurious.com, clicking and clacking and, you know, drinking drinks.
1: I, this guy is unbelievable. I mean, you make a commitment and then you at the last minute decide like you're too depressed, you got to go to Florida.
2: You know what? I think I'm going to negotiate with him. I'm going to ask him for mm. those $3,000 back.
1: Mm. Okay. I, well. I
2: want we pl- we pressed the button twice and mm. my promise to you Shelly is that we're not going to have to pay for it. How about that?
1: Okay, well, you know, you've promised me that he was going to show up every week so he promised you that he was
2: gonna show up (laughs) i you can trust me don't trust him all you want but Um, i am your friend all right
1: okay all right well we shall see um you want to go ahead and reach out to him now and i'll i mean it looks like you know this is a decent recipe so i I can go ahead and read it out but yeah i'm gonna you can have a word with him
2: i'm gonna go to the landline right now and see you know what's what
1: okay Alright. All right, well let me let me know what he says. And in the meantime, we've got a recipe for the palm beach. Ingredients include one and a half ounces gin, two teaspoons sweet vermouth, one and a half teaspoons grapefruit juice, one half of an orange slice, and a maraschino cherry. Shake all ingredients with ice and strain into a cocktail glass. Garnish and serve. And that is the palm beach. It sounds pretty good.
2: That sounds really good.
1: Yeah, listen, I I don't always like the guy, but I do have to respect him because he knows what he's talking about with the drinks.
2: I, I mean, thank you, uh, his friends at Epicurious.com. They really, yeah. they really got yeah, some class. Yeah, I should, we
1: should be giving him credit for this because this is not his work. This yeah, he ain't do friends. nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No, fuck this guy.
2: Fuck this guy. Anyway.
1: <laughs> is uh you know as frustrating as our friend derek can be uh what's not frustrating is our guest is that a good transition is i think
2: it was
3: good
1: i think if you effective? believe
3: it is good it
2: is good
1: great
3: did you say frustrated or frustrating because you know it, it could be different depending on your yeah
1: story. i will say you're not frustrating us so okay. you know I, I can't speak to what your <laughs> subjective experience is but but you're yeah. You've been lovely so far. (laughs) Now, before we get into our main conversation, Michael, would you like to tell us what the Palm Beach story is about?
2: Absolutely. A New York investor needs cash to develop his big idea, so his adoring wife decides to raise it by divorcing him and marrying an eccentric Florida millionaire with a capricious high society sister
1: very nice and this is directed by preston sturges the comedy icon uh, and it came out in 1942 on uh, your birthday so on your birthday oh, yeah. when in you 1942? were born in 1942 <laughs> yes december 10th
2: 1942
1: <laughs> you look great for your age i have to say
2: black don't crack i was actually in the movie
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. that couldn't have been a pleasant experience <laughs> yep
2: I, i'm credited as ernest anderson in this film um look it up
1: <laughs> amazing wow michael you're constantly surprising me i know oh, this is delightful now eric before we get into the main conversation we like to you know get get in the mood get a little lubed up uh So, Michael, would you like to explain what our first game is?
2: So, our first game is going to be a game called The Sexy Trivia Game. To get the listeners slick for movie chatting with movie trivia, I'm going to kick us off with letter A in the long dolly shot of Joel McRae and Mary Astor strolling on the pier from Rudy Valley's yacht Yatchit <laughs> Preston Sturges makes a rare Alfred Hitchcock style appear as the chubby mustachio leader of the crew toting Quadet, Colbert's luggage
1: mm, and That mm. piece of trivia seems unnecessarily rude <laughs> to mm. Preston Sturges
2: Pretty rude
1: Why you gotta call him chubby?
2: Yeah, I
3: not like, <laughs> like that at all <laughs>
1: would you like to read off number B?
3: Absolutely. One thing slowing the film down was Preston Sturgis' problems with Mary Astor. Although she was an accomplished screen actress, the Sturgis brand of comedy did not naturally her. She would later write, It was not my thing. I couldn't talk in a high, fluky voice and run my words together as he thought high-society women did, or at least mad high-society women Who'd had six husbands
1: and six homes? Mm. Got to disagree with you there, Mary. You did a great job. I, I think she it. did
2: a great, wonderful job.
1: Mm. We've got one last little bit of trivia. Number C. Oh. Despite repeated alterations made to the script, the PCA continued to protest the light treatment of marriage and divorce in the story, and the similarity between the character. John D. Hackensacker III and American industrialist John D. Rockefeller. The filmmakers complied with some of the concerns of the PCA by altering specific lines which seemed too suggestive and by reducing Princess Maud's unsuccessful marriages from 8 to 3 plus 2 and
2: much less controversial i guess
1: (laughs) (laughs) much less controversial Mm, that was a pretty sexy game michael (laughs) (laughs) i will say uh you know as i told eric before we started um we do steal all of this stuff from imdb one of the better sections of trivia i've got to say a lot of the sections are very bad
2: yeah, yeah,
3: <laughs> I I believe it.
1: This one was decent.
3: Good. <laughs> Written by you know horny seventy year old. So yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know that like you've got some passion going into it when they're doing trivia for the Palm Beach story. They're citing sources. They're talking about books. You don't get right. this in all the movies that we do.
3: <laughs> Trying to get in a Criterion booklet with this. So
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah we did have one trivia game um i believe it was the preacher's wife where there was so little trivia um that the only ones that were listed were about people dying in the production (laughs) oh (laughs) bummer that was a good time
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah
1: (laughs) yeah yeah now eric Tell yeah. us about your history with the Palm Beach story with Claudette Colbert. When did you first see this? You know,
3: uh I'm pretty sure I saw it um in theaters uh in repertory theaters, I should say. I'm uh, not quite as old as Mike, I'm like only like 70 myself. But um <laughs> my dad would take me to see a lot of like uh revival films in the Baltimore DC area growing up and
0: I mean, mm.
3: speaking of Mary Astor, like his thing would be like the Maltese Falcon, like a Humphrey Bogart double mm. feature. But we also made it to like Marx Brothers and uh sprinkling of like Billy Wilder and Preston Sturgis uh, titles. But like the sort of consolidation of Preston Sturgis um, and Lubitsch and Billy Wilder and all these people as some of my favorites. You know, I worked at a video store uh, in my 20s. Um that, uh you know, I was sort of working through all the film noir and and just really into like dark brooding classic cinema. And that was pretty much my only appetite for things from this era. And then kind of discovered screwball comedy and was like, oh, shit, there's this other equally like fun and, um you know, energetic genre from this era. And that kind of just Opened me wide up to to you know even silent cinema and everything everything from like uh, Lubitsch's silent films to going down like all the things Preston Sturges and Billy Wilder wrote before they became directors and a lot of lot of fun like rabbit holes to go down.
1: Yeah, and before we uh, started recording, you mentioned that uh, this is your favorite Sturges with asterisks. I am. Um a miracle of Morgan's Creek girl myself, but yeah. So what are, what are these asterisks? Yeah. I mean, well,
3: I should say miracle would be my number two as well. Like, and I think that one is gets the least love of his best two films. So, you know um, but it doesn't, it doesn't have Claudette Colbert in it. So I, you know, I couldn't go <laughs> that way, but um, yeah, the asterisks are just the offensive characters that add nothing to the plot. You know? Um the sort of sycophantic porter and also particularly the, um, the bartender, you oh, know, yeah. that the scenes on the, in and around the train are so funny otherwise, but they're mm. just pretty jarring and disappointing <laughs> in, in representation for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is a bit strange. Cause like, you know, I, of course it's a product of its time, but it, it is jarring when you watch movies like this that are otherwise so, light and escapist and fun and then you're suddenly hit with like these yeah really like a, a, a offensive it's, performances.
2: it's so disorienting um but i don't want to harp on it too much because <laughs> we'll have a whole segment dedicated to it
0: <laughs> much a little
2: later yeah.
1: well on a, you know a more positive note uh so what is it about palm beach story that makes it your favorite
3: um, you know, I think the structure of it and um, the sort of lunacy of the pacing and the mm-hmm. um, just straight from the beginning, how you have this whole other backstory that's you know disorienting and showing you uh, a reveal that I don't know. Do we talk about spoilers on this? So, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, I yeah think so. A
1: movie from 1942, I think we <laughs> were past the statute of limitations on that. <laughs>
3: Uh, So, yeah. So, like, you know, there's these twins that we don't learn about until the end of the them in the first minute or two in a way that's utterly nonsensical until you've had the whole ride and Mm -hmm. still sort of suggest this whole other movie that would also be very exciting to watch. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's also like it's just a parade of, again, with the asterisks, some like really incredible characters who Mm. are larger than life and have just this like really um, sparkling dialogue. That's like at times incredibly self-aware and at times like um, revealing in what the characters don't know about themselves. Um, Mm. It's pretty, it's pretty sex forward and um, you know, kind of, going up you know the fact that they were able to negotiate the divorces down from 8 to 3 or whatever um just to me kind of <laughs> shows how this was just a film flying in the face of the like sexual mores of the of the time mm. um which is which is appealing and i think um rudy valley also like oh, that's you know scary. he has such a such a, a understated um uh sense sense of humor that you know i think funny yeah i think this was his first feature role and you know i i didn't know this because i'm not a um aficionado of like 40s crooners but like this would be the equivalent of like justin timberlake or something like doing his (laughs) role and 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 nailing it like this so Mm -hmm. i don't know it just has a lot of special things going on
1: yeah absolutely and i appreciate you uh singling out rudy valley because he's so good in it and like One of the only things that well beyond what we've already discussed that like rubs me the wrong way about this movie is that like Joel McRae is such a fucking drip. He sucks. (laughs) (laughs) He fucking sucks. (laughs) Like you know I I guess you know Sturgis liked him because me and Sullivan's travels he's in as well but like man he's just so boring to me.
3: (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean he's yeah he's kind of like the straight man, right? He's like the um, mm-hmm. Zeppo Marx or something, where it's like
1: yeah.
3: you need him for all the other things to be happening around him. But this yeah, it wouldn't hurt to make him a little more interesting as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's just such a like great like cavalcade of character actors on the train. Like I love William Demarest so mm-hmm. much. Um, you know, he's great as the father in Miracle of Morgan's Creek, and he's a great uh, drunk guy in this. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, But so was this one of your first movies that you saw with Claudette Colbert?
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I went down a a, um, wormhole of watching other films that she was in after this. Um, Mm -hmm. I probably saw this before um, um, it happened one night. And then I remember really enjoying uh, Midnight the film she was yeah. in, I think, a couple years prior to this. But yeah, it's interesting, like, picking her as, like, se- <laughs> as, as my sex symbol. Was, it, this is an interesting, you know, situated film in her filmography in that it's, like, she was kind of transitioning from being, like, sexy starlet to, like, mm-hmm. five years from now, she's the mom, you know?
0: Right. <laughs> <Wow.
3: Yeah. laughs> um So So this is just, like, right in that sweet spot where it's just, like, Um, we're still playing up my sexiness and I'm looking for like my midlife change while I can still get it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's such an interesting performance because I mean, she is so sort of sexy and sex forward. Um, but she also, she feels like a grown woman, which I mean, sometimes when you've got, you know, a sort of like sexualized character like that, it ends up feeling like, uh, I don't know the woman's like minimized. Yeah. She, She's like a little fucking spitfire, which I guess is, you know, typical of like a screwball comedy heroine. But, but yeah, she and Mary Astor both, like they feel like adult women.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they seem to know what they want and they seem to um, control the narrative about how to get it as well. You know Mm -hmm. Um, she has to talk Joel McRae into wanting the separation and divorce, (laughs) but she does, you know, and Mm um she's always the one uh, in a way that he finds emasculating, like getting the money and, you know, she knows how to use her, her looks and her charms to um, squeeze through every situation, whether it's getting the money from the Wiener King or whether it's getting the train ticket from the like collective, you know, eighteen team old man gang bang or whatever is happening there.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Michael, you were saying before we started recording, you're like, eh, I don't know about, you know, the treatment of women in this movie because of that line that's like does your husband beat you
2: oh yeah yeah yeah
1: (laughs) but i actually find it to be like a very sort of like feminist story i mean i think that like not often it's great (laughs) yeah not often uh but yeah i think it's like it pokes fun at this you know fragile masculinity like you were alluding to eric and like yeah no i i i think it's great for women but (laughs) but yeah i mean it, it did feel very refreshing like especially like you know for I guess not necessarily for the era but I mean like uh it was very refreshing that like it felt like the women characters were like so well-rounded and like they felt like you know smart and confident and that like the butt of the joke was often like the men around them who like can't keep up with them
3: yeah or can't help themselves you know get, you know mm-hmm. with their dicks and you know the women know how to yeah. how to use that but yeah. I mean, I think in general in the screwball, of course, there's going to be exceptions, but like women have more agency in that genre than they do in most other cinema until, mm. yeah, I don't know, the seventies.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it is always funny going back and like watching the screwball comedies from this era. Cause it's like, Oh, most women's roles aren't this good now. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. For whatever <laughs> supposed progress there is in Hollywood. Like, I mean, very few mainstream Hollywood movies, I think, have women written as well as like you know someone in like a Billy Wilder movie, and Preston Sturges and Lubitsch. Um, yeah, so I, I I enjoyed it so much. It was really nice to revisit. um So, what is it about Claudette Colbert, like in in this movie or in any of her other movies, that like you find so so appealing? I mean, she's obviously like a very beautiful woman, but like. But yeah, what is it about her sort of like persona that really works for you?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't have an exact answer to that. But like, I find as I'm getting older, that like attraction has a lot to do with humor Mm. for me. And like, a lot of the, you know, celebrity crushes I have that are contemporary or like hot comedians, whether it's like, (laughs) the first one I could put my finger on would have been like Sarah Silverman. Like when she was coming up in Mr. Show, I was like, okay. Uh-huh. All right. I I want something here and um you know women like uh Ari Plaza or mm. Eliza Skinner, you know, it can be various sort of styles of comedy and personas, but mm. um you know I think all of those people share kind of like the same Claudette Colbert at least as depicted in this film, like awareness of how sexy they are and how to use it mm. and um there's a interplay of like flirtation and power that's used in all of their comedy yeah. that I think this film really has as well. So it's like, um, yeah, I feel like almost like Claudette Colbert's flirting with me, the audience member on screen, you know, <laughs> even as she's yeah. like manipulating these men, she's like, I've got this, you know, you want it, you know, enjoy these 88 minutes yeah. with me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's also yeah, like Michael, I, go, ahead. Sorry, go ahead oh no I think it's just you know fun for me uh as I was you know I grew up in a house without television and I'm like as a result what? like oh, per, whoa. Yeah, whoa. yeah I got a tv when I was when I was 16 <gasps> um and the first show that this will age me but the first show that I would watched as it was coming out was Twin Peaks Oh my
1: God. (laughs) What a great start.
3: (laughs) So Audrey Horn uh, is sort of the template for Mm. me for what, you know, uh, Mm. women can be, but um, you know, images of anything, but also, you know, women, images of beautiful women have maybe like an uncommon power Mm. on me still, because, you know, I was sort of, hungry for images that most people had beamed into their house mm. you know I'm as a kid you know I would have to like go to school and be like all right what <laughs> happened on family ties what happened on night court you know <laughs> and um then like by the end of the school day pretend oh yeah I saw that episode yeah it was great oh, but no. um <laughs> amazing <laughs> all of which is to say that like when I would go to like um you know, uh, uh, Mark's Brothers or Humphrey Bogart double feature as a kid, it was like that was feeding me instead of, you know, the Cosby show or whatever my friends were watching in right. the 1980s. Um, oh my
1: god, that's amazing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I forgot the original question, but I feel I feel like I'm around it maybe.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I'm, yeah, now I'm just imagining you as like a like 10 year old going into school and everyone else is talking about the sitcom they watched last night and you're like that Loretta Young right
3: yeah I mean literally (laughs) I had that um my dad listens to a lot of like 30s and 40s jazz and old radio programs from that era so like I literally showed up to like first grade just like did you hear Jack Benny last night you know and Ah! like Oh, I know I'm
1: this gonna life like, oh. we're not going to talk to you anymore you know so. <laughs> oh that is amazing yeah that sounds kind of similar to your dad Michael oh
3: <laughs> uh, yeah yeah <laughs> what's,
1: just, it, what's your dad still
2: I mean yeah my my dad it, I guess we could just move everything to the 70s like that's where my <laughs> uh, pop culture begins as like late 60s 70s and so um yeah I was like listening to Steely Dan and asking people like oh like what do you guys think about Asia and no one is listening to Asia.
3: <laughs> I mean, I don't think you will want to but I would trade, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no. No way in the was, world. Was, his dad, was that his Heyday or was he like a kid during that era or like
2: he was a young man during the 70s. Yeah. So there's a lot of yeah. a lot of R&B and a lot of like yacht rock. Um hmm. a lot of Michael McDonald um <laughs> okay. That for me, I'm I'm just just like, but But that is where Um, the bar is (laughs) set.
3: Yeah. But I mean, this is something I've pieced together as an adult is like, uh, my dad's fascination is with the time, you know, culturally, he's obsessed with the pop culture of when he was a kid and the decade prior. Mm. And that's kind of the case for me too, you know, as sort of like, an '80s kid, but like, yeah, yeah, all about the '70s, except maybe Michael McDonald. But um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have to um, say, I'm very jealous of this because, like, I <laughs> I grew up listening almost exclusively to like pop country music with my parents in the car, or like right wing talk radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I it mean, was not a good time.
3: <laughs> I don't know about you, Michael, but like, I didn't feel you know that I appreciated all that stuff until I was, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a late teens when I'm like, Oh, okay. I actually like this did further my cultural curiosity. And I have mm-hmm. a background in some things that my friends are just discovering. But when I was 10, I was just like, why can't I be normal? Why can't I watch Cosby <laughs> show?
0: <laughs> no,
2: like, I don't, I don't think I ever had a desire to be like, well, I was homeschooled for uh, like middle school, which I feel like is a really important time to be around other children. <laughs> So yeah. for a long time, I was just like, "Oh, this shit is like very normal." And then I got to high school, and I was like, "Hey, what is everybody like? Also, is everyone still playing with action figures?" And I,
3: <laughs> I learned
2: that I was an alien and felt bad for four years, and then went to college, and that's when I was like, "You know what? Actually, this shit is cool." Um,
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: no one can make fun of me for liking Steely Dan. It's uh, <laughs>
0: well,
2: people can. And they will, but
1: no, no, no way. It's cool. It's cool stuff. (laughs) It's better than growing up listening to Garth Brooks. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Now, something that was interesting that you mentioned was that uh, your attraction to like a sense of humor that does seem to be, would you say, Michael, a kind of like commonality in a lot of the crushes that we have on this show? Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're usually (laughs) like very funny people.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. And I think that like, because of our sort of like specific focus of like underappreciated hot people, it does tend to be people that like, lead with humor, I think that yeah. they might not necessarily be like the matinee idol looking people, but they're usually, they're usually the funny ones. Yeah. Yeah, I say that we just released an episode about uh, Isabelle hubert <laughs> Not exactly a comedy queen, but <laughs> I, I had some laughs
2: during the piano teacher. I thought it was fun, it's fun family film. Yeah,
3: yeah. Is, that the one, is that the the film that was discussed? Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> wow, yeah. Okay, well, it was a bold choice. Sexuality in that one. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was one of our more like Freudian episodes, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) getting into that conversation. Oh, man. Well, so do you remember who like your very first crush was? Was it like in the movies specifically?
3: Yeah, I mean, when I was a a very little kid, you know, before like you have any understanding of sex and you're just like, wow, (laughs) okay, this is a different kind of human being um, was Princess Leia. (laughs) <laughs> i mean i'm talking about when i'm like yeah. eight or That's nine it. you know um and like i think you know princess leia fucked up guys of my generation for sure because it's like you come in with like the white gown in uh, star wars a new hope and then <laughs> within you know you're getting up into your teen years and all of a sudden she's like got a dog <laughs> collar and leash from job of the hut and <laughs> you know in between there she's making out with her brother so like there's there's some stuff there that'll that'll fuck you up for sure oh my
2: god return of the jedi holy moly hey <laughs> I, I watched those movies i i am so envious of the people who actually had to wait and the movies kind of grew up with them um because i watched all three of them shits like one weekend with my dad and oh man yeah still <laughs> fucked up because of it um <laughs>
1: Can I make a confession? Yeah. Yeah. I have never seen a Star War.
3: Oh.
1: Um, yeah. it's a, I think, one of my big blind spots. I mean, I think I think you're probably
3: good. Yeah. Um
1: <laughs> yeah. The age at which
3: you're gonna like form any special association with it is, you know, behind you I think. it's
2: past. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think, yeah, I lost the moment, but you know, yeah. I still enjoy a, a baby Yoda gif. So, you know, I feel like I got yeah. it.
3: Okay.
2: I mean, you've
1: Laurie probably...
3: You've seen all the iconic images, right? You've seen yeah. Princess Leia, like, on seen the her... The bikini.
1: Week. Yeah. yeah. Like You get it. You get it. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> you've
2: seen Lord of the Rings, right?
1: Mm, I think I've seen two of them. I don't it's think the same I saw shit. the last one.
2: It is the same yeah. shit. Yeah. Harry Potter, same shit.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah, so many of these that I feel like are the sort of, like, childhood touchstones. I just... I just missed because I went straight from only watching like Forrest Gump and Dumb and Dumber with my parents to being yeah. like, a huge snob immediately and being like, I only watch Bergman movies. So like, <laughs> I missed my window for like some of the classic, like teen childhood movies.
3: <laughs> I mean, Having the weird upbringing I had, that I missed a lot of those too. But like, <laughs> I've been in video stores. You know, I I worked in one for six years when I was like a teenager into my early twenties. So like, <laughs> yeah, I I caught up. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, was this specifically just Princess Leia, or is Carrie Fisher like an ongoing uh, interest of yours? <laughs>
3: um. Yeah, I mean, she she. I think I would pinpoint Carrie Fisher as like crush and, yeah. and specifically, specifically like you're looking at her in that white gown and it's like you know you're not having an adult sense of what uh, what might be underneath there yet you're like this is enough for me you know right. <laughs> <laughs> um kind of with the the Claudette colbert too it's like she's in all these like elegant form-fitting outfits or mm. the like kind of like loose pajamas and it's like great the two the two phases in which your body looks perfect yeah i I will take it but like when it when we're talking about like sexiness specifically like i think first having that tv when i was 16 and then as mentioned audrey horn but then also maybe on the other um flip side of that coin would have been christina applegate and married with children oh yeah good one black skirts i was like No, I'm done. Like, you know, you can't expect me to go to school after seeing that, you know? Oh, God. (laughs) God.
1: Need some alone time. (laughs) Man. Uh, What's the the name of the
2: mom on that show on Married with Children?
3: Oh, shit. Yeah. um,
2: Who plays Peg? Right. Uh, Off the top of my head, I cannot think of her name, but that was my (laughs) crush for like a real long time. And it was one of those Mm. crushes I didn't really understand. Uh, <laughs> until you saw the piano teacher, and then Katie Seagal, Katie Seagal. Okay, oh yeah, yeah. She's one. She's uh, forever hot. Uh,
1: good era of like hot sitcom ladies. I mean, like Fran Drescher. were some Fran Drescher is dumb, skirts, dumb hot. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: <laughs> oh, it was a good time. <laughs> yeah. Now, something that we like to do is pick movies that we would pair with this film. Hmm. So Michael, what was your thinking on this?
2: You know what? I, I thought about a lot of movies. I thought, um, so I'll, I'll mention too that I'm not going to talk about. Um, so <laughs> Boomerang, I thought about Boomerang cause it has a kind of screwball comedy uh, quality to it. Um, I also thought about Parasite um, because uh, these people, uh, the main characters in the Palm Beach story, are poor, um, and mm-hmm. I they're getting a divorce, and they're trying to figure out, all right, like how can I make the next phase of my life work out? I guess I'm just gonna marry this rich guy. Um, <laughs> but the movie that I would that I ended up settling on is uh, which you've probably seen, Shelley, because I mm-hmm. forced you to watch it. Uh, is is Superman, um, the 1978 Superman because that movie is very much a uh a fun little screwball comedy. And watching this movie, I kind of under, I'm I'm not like a a super, um, I'm I'm definitely a novice when it comes to that genre, but I do understand that a lot of the Superman movie is informed by screwball comedies of the 40s, and so that is the movie that I would pick as a as a fun little pairing.
1: I love that. And I do have an outstanding question um, from the Superman conversation we had previously. So there's that scene where she's like standing behind a pole or something and he yep. says he can't see her underwear. Yep. So does yep. he just like see her titties like the entire yeah, he's, time he's, they're around each other? He,
2: he can I mean, he can turn it on and off, but he was he was um. checking her. He was checking her out. Like he, he definitely knows what's going on under there. That is probably one of the sexiest fucking scenes, uh, great
1: scene that I can remember. Because <laughs> it's
2: like, oh, Superman, you're a little pervert. You're a bit of a pervert. And she's, yeah, like she's like, all He's right, like fine, whatever. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: He's never had sex. Also, like, I mean, it makes perfect yeah. sense.
1: Because that's the thing, right? That he would like kill her if they had sex yeah one?
2: like his his ejaculation would be <laughs> so, the force of like a, too powerful of a shotgun blast so he has to be very careful
3: i think that's implied in palm beach story as well they don't come you know because of a code they yeah, yes. come out and say, but yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
1: exactly oh that's good i like that <laughs> um yeah so you? for mine i went uh in a slightly different direction um I was thinking Phantom Thread because I like this idea of couples that like hurt each other to help each other, you know?
2: Oh God.
1: And I think Phantom Thread is a good, um, you know, a good screwball comedy in many ways. (laughs) (laughs) I did have the interesting experience of um, when I saw it in the theater, I think some like old ladies that were sitting beside us for like, this is an important, serious movie. And so we're going to take it very seriously. It's so fucking funny like every time i laughed, they would funny. like look over and they'd be like this is art what are you doing
2: <laughs> <laughs> i uh. feel like the characters in all three of the movies uh, mm. would really get off on some some heavy petting um i don't know why that's the first thing that popped into my head when you said phantom thread but um i was like Wait, oh yeah everyone
1: these- off on heavy petting uh, not everyone. Specific to these characters? Uh, I don't think I don't
2: think everyone gets off on it um mm. but I don't know something to think about dear listener uh how much how much do you get off on on heavy petting uh please reply in the comments to uh our Instagram where we are promoting this
3: episode
1: yeah does it get you off so much that you your sperm would kill your partner
3: <laughs> would your yeah <laughs> yeah I was I was gonna mention you know there are two scenes that kind of bookend the film mm. with like essentially that. I mean, basically <laughs> scenes where she's sitting on his lap. Oh and my they're like, God. Those yeah. Men. And it's like, he's clearly getting hard in both of them yeah. and she, you can see her eyes reacting to that. And <laughs> yeah. like code didn't know what the fuck to do with that. But like you often see in movies of that era, like the girlfriend, like sitting in the lap and it feels like, sanitized and like you're not thinking about it in a sexual way it's like oh they used to do it back then this is like making you think about what her ass feels like
2: yeah (laughs) i fucking oh god i miss a little mystery in movies that really ah so engaging so much more engaging than a straight up sex scene is uh like i i don't i don't know if this is tell me if i'm wrong here do you hear the sound of fabric of fabrics like rubbing against uh or did my mind just make that up when oh. I was
3: watching? My mind probably just made it up. I mean we can all agree that's hot, whether or not we heard it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all that Did meant. you
1: also hear it go boom? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I heard yeah, yeah, I heard or that. did I just imagine that? <laughs>
3: I was saying "swing" aloud, so I, I <laughs> that, sort of that book.
1: I will say, Preston Sturges. I am kind of amazed by his ability to get away with sex stuff in his movies. Like I, you know, I keep bringing up *Miracle of Morgan's Creek*. I mean, the whole plot is about a girl getting drunk and knocked up. And getting knocked up so hard, she has quintuplets. <laughs>
3: like, I gotta see this movie. What? <laughs>
1: yeah. That's so
3: come. <laughs> Holy moly. I think part of it was there were like, there were like a weird two or three years there where he was so celebrated and so powerful that he could mm. get away with anything. And then he had a really hard fall. Yeah. But part of it was that he like, he really took the code seriously. And he's like, okay, your rule is that there's no kids unless she's married. Well, she did get married. She's just was so drunk. She doesn't remember to who, yeah. you know, <laughs> might've had sex with multiple people and we're implying that with the fact that she's having six kids, you know? So yeah. like, he's just like, these are the, these are the rules. I'm mm. following them. Show me where I'm not.
1: So, yeah. <laughs> this is technically what you asked for. Oh, it's great. I, God, I fucking love that movie so much. Mm. <laughs> so Good. Um, now, Michael, yeah. I think you've planned a little game for us, have you not?
2: Oh my god. Yes, I have. A <laughs>
1: comfortable game for us. <laughs>
2: um I think it'll be very comfortable. Um <laughs> So, it is a game called Who said this shit um where I will read a quote from the movie or a situation and uh you will both have to guess uh who said it. Now, You'll get a full point for guessing the character's name or the actor's name. And you'll get three-fifths of a point if you guess their race, (laughs) occupation, and whether or not I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) So, what is the name, race, and occupation of the person who delivered this line? Ahem. This delightful character cowers, waving a white flag with a bucket on his head, and tosses crackers in the air as old white men shoot their guns on the train. He has lines such as, Yassa? Yassa? And Oz wouldn't know, uh, I wouldn't, Oz wouldn't do that if I was you gentlemen's. The conductor's apt to get a little irritated.
3: Who said the shit?
1: Uh... It's definitely Claude
3: Colbert, but I can't remember the character. Right
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think it's George. Ding, ding! Oh God!
1: Impressive! You get a point. Impressive!
2: Fred Snowflake Jones as George, the bartender.
1: Snowflake. Oh. <laughs> full point! Wow!
2: Oh, full point oh for my Eric! God. I really wasn't expecting anybody to get Any I point?
0: know.
3: <laughs> no, I was after rewatching it I actually looked to see if um how that was credited, right? Yeah and I think IMDB doesn't give the character's name yeah. in the film. No. Um but then like in the in IMDB I think they just say like train bartender or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Oh well but they they do call him George several times. <laughs> You might take this whole game,
1: then. I, yeah. I'd <laughs> be I... all,
3: all I had. but... <laughs> we
2: shall see. Whew. Question number two. This hilarious grown man is berated like a child by a white woman for being unable to locate her clothes and possessions. At one point in history, this was entertainment.
3: <laughs>
2: Their exchange yeah. is as follows. No, ma'am. What do you mean my clothes aren't here? They're in they're in stateroom B in the private car behind the diner. The club car with my ticket, my handbag, my lipstick, and everything. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. You just didn't look. Oh, yes, ma'am. I'd look, but I didn't see it there because it wasn't there. That's why I didn't see it. I suppose it just blew up. No, ma'am. We set it out. You set it out. Yes, ma'am. The conductor kind of got riled up with them, so he just let it out on a siding in Rockham Hamlet to, for them to cool off. It's a pretty little city and then the woman tells a passing black waiter to shut up as he requests orders <laughs> anyway uh who said no ma'am who
3: said all that shit uh and you have a character name there's I, a possibility. I, I, have a, I have a character a name order. okay um <sighs> i have to go with 3 fifths unless shelly can
1: i think this one's yours yours to take
3: (laughs) i mean pullman porter um ethnicity black and whether you enjoyed it i would say hell no all (laughs) right uh i'll give
2: you one fifth of a point because i didn't like it um but this is a trick (laughs) question uh the character's name and their race and occupation are one answer together uh, this is Ch- uh, Charles R. Moore as Colored Porter. That might be his name. That might be his name. And I didn't give you a point for Black because he's listed in, according to the movie, as as uh, this term that we no longer wow. use. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I will give you one-fifth of a point. Uh, <laughs> so oh, no, one
3: point, one point 1.2 points.
2: Yeah. That one.
1: yeah. <laughs> okay. Not bad. <laughs> yeah doing we well? have doing well
2: two more questions
1: <laughs>
2: This lovely character appears on the screen for two seconds and has lines such as "I could offer you my earrings.
1: who said oh. that
3: shit? you gonna take this show <laughs>
1: um I'm gonna say made. Ding, ding, ding! Ding, ding!
2: <laughs> for Shelly. Lillian Randolph as Made on Train.
1: Ah, oh, Made on Train. <laughs>
2: uh, I'll give
3: you the point. I'll give you the
2: point.
1: Thank you, thank you. Also, I also would say... Why am I trying to
3: win this game, by the way? Yeah,
1: <laughs> if we win, we still lose, really. Yeah. <laughs> anyone wins. <laughs> yeah. No one wins in this game.
2: <laughs> All right. This last point is for the is for the game. Whoever gets it wins.
1: Holy shit.
2: This character's first line is "Yes, man." And his last line is "Prairie oysters is a la carte."
1: Hmm.
2: Who says this line?
1: I'm I'm going to throw out waiter.
2: <gasps> what kind of waiter waiter is he?
1: Train waiter.
2: <laughs> I'm so sorry, Shelly. Your answer oh, no. is incorrect. <laughs> the correct answer is diner waiter. Wow. Oh, um, so uh,
1: What if you I, like threw us a curveball at the end of this and the answer was, yes, I did like this. <laughs> I thought honestly, it was hilarious. <laughs> you know, I, I felt
2: like I felt like he was the actor was able to preserve as much like I still feel like he had high status. And that's really just because mm-hmm. I was I was really I was really trying to see like who has the highest status out of all these characters. Um uh. So uh the answer is I did not li- I did not like this. But <laughs> okay, um, thank
1: you for clarifying. <laughs>
2: I appreciate uh, the uh yeah, the initiative there. Um mm. So Four questions, Eric. You win with lead mm-hmm. of, uh, uh, yeah, uh, one fifth of a point. Um, <laughs> I think you both did excellent jobs. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> I think no matter who has the most points, we've all lost this game. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, but I did. Ma- I didn't. I did enjoy. Most of the movie. <laughs> 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 Aside from that, you know.
1: Well, you know, asterisks. <laughs> it's
2: kinda like a you ever eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but the bread is moldy, but not all of it is moldy. You just have to eat around certain parts that are that are kind of gross. Um,
1: you I may mean, be the first person who's ever described a Preston Sturgis film as a moldy sandwich. (laughs) A
2: delicious moldy sandwich. Like, the the peanut butter is good. The jam is good. The bread is bad.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, most people wouldn't finish that sandwich, so I guess props to you for, you know, extracting extracting the good peanut butter, you know?
2: Well, I mean, if you know what the rest of the kitchen is like and there's no other stuff in there to eat and that's the only thing, I mean, you got a bit of a sweet tooth, you know.
1: Oh man, oh, yeah. Gosh. Palm Beach story, not <laughs> great for Black people. Good for women. Yeah.
3: <laughs> pretty good for billionaires, I would say. White billionaires do pretty well in this film. Yeah, yeah, people they do pretty well. People from
1: Florida. People from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time they got some respect. Yeah, you know, it's, it's been too hard for too long for people from Florida. <laughs> uh, well, this was. <laughs> bit of a bummer note to end on i
2: don't think i don't think it's a bummer at all
1: no 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 No. it's you know this is we engage with media we engage with older films and you know we we take what is good and what we like and then we deal with the other parts (laughs) we we watch critically and you know we have a few laughs but we also think you know (laughs)
3: <laughs> it's a, yeah it's a boner filled movie with a 10 minute boner kill in the, in yeah. the middle so, it, Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> oh man well eric this has been delightful thank you so much for coming on and do you have anything you would like to plug where can people follow you on social media
3: uh sure i'm at eric allen hatch on twitter and at eric allen hatch take two on instagram Hell Figure how to log into my first account, um, and uh, I I uh, co own a nonprofit video library in Baltimore called Beyond Video. Oh my god! Um, it's basically a video store, except um, it's no late fees, no rental fees. You just make donations, and then you're good to go. So that is I... so nice.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: it's it's my my passion project. We're we're open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm actually going to head over there once we're done recording and amazing yeah it's you know i owe a lot of who i am for better and for worse to video stores so oh my god when and had to open one after after they're supposed to be dead so. yeah. <laughs> oh god we when definitely you
1: happen to go you might see um a formerly uh owned by shelly brooks dvd <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well, thank
3: you again for that
1: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so Definitely follow Eric on social media. He does the best movie memes of anyone in the game. They're great uh-huh. stuff. Uh, and you can follow us at Everyone is Hot Pod. That's, uh, new, is it numeral one? No, numeral one, not O-N-E. Everyone is Hot Pod. And that's on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, please go to Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars. Leave a review. If you tell us your stealth sex symbol in your review, we might read it on the show. And if you're going to give Mm -hmm. us less than five stars, you can go fuck yourself. Mm
3: -hmm. It's just you
2: you, you listen to the show. You like the show. You should it it, five stars like it's come on. Nothing
1: less. We will not accept anything less.
2: Or at least (laughs) tell us what we did wrong. If you're going to give us four stars, like give us some constructive feedback so we can, you know, give you something that you like. Help us us make you happy.
1: (laughs) Help us help you. All right, guys, this was a ton of fun. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time thank out you so much, to do this Eric. with us. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. And um, if the listeners could do a little favor for us, Michael, um, what is it that they should do?
2: Oh, they should stay horny.
1: Oh, yeah. Stay horny.
3: Have <laughs> a catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row?